Ready, set, go! This is the Checkpoint XP Podcast. Check out our international radio show and daily podcast at CheckpointXP.com. Here are your hosts, Nate Bender, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard, and Joe Sloan. Checkpoint Reach. You're listening to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. We are here live at uh, at Frostbite. It's going down. A lot of tournaments going on around us. A lot of folks. Uh, we're sitting here in the heart of downtown Detroit. And uh, the scene is, is amazing. We've seen a lot, of, a lot of characters we didn't expect. Everybody hates seeing people play Wolf and Peach. It's, it's a great atmosphere, man. Well, you just don't expect to see turnout like this level of excitement for pools. Like, this is uh, a lot of the times you were seeing like a top eight environment for, you know, day one pool play. No, yeah, that is that is the big thing, man. And, you know, seeing why people are getting excited and seeing the support that everybody has. We had a huge contingency here from New York. Anytime somebody from like New York, New Jersey area is on the stage, there's like 20 people that just, you know, rush the stage and they're all very supportive. Uh, so, you know, it's a little different here in the Midwest, a lot of regional strife, I guess. But uh, y- you see a lot of support out here. There's vendors in the building. It's almost a, a con a con culture here. That's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, you, as you're on your way in, you basically are seeing a mini artist alley, people, you know, hawking their wares. It's You're right. It, it's like a, a miniature con. And just the level of excitement that you're seeing here. Uh, earlier today, we had uh, a guy, uh, the winner of Genesis 6, Void, nearly getting uh, eliminated by a Kirby. And, the, like, the room was shaking. People were cheering so loud. And I'm like, this is, like, hour two. Yeah, it, it's absolutely ridiculous, man. And for somebody like myself that's that's been to FGC events, that's sort of a veteran of FGC events, it's not necessarily wholly uh, uh, unfamiliar to me, but this is on a whole nother level uh, from even, you know, stuff like Big House and just the energy in the room, I think mostly because Smash Ultimate is the new game. It's got all the support. It's got all the names that want to play it. Um, it, it's definitely everything you could want from an event. And again, that's Joe, as you said, this is day one. This pools. We're not in top 32s. We're not in top 8s. We're not in top 64s. We haven't finished the first round of pools yet. So this is going to be a long day uh, for a lot of folks. And uh, we got a screen for winners, a screen, a screen for losers. It, it, it's really a great atmosphere, man. It's really good. Well, you know, even uh, when you're talking about the pools and the people being all excited, uh, the big names still have to play up through them. Like Joe said, you know, Void almost got knocked out by a Kirby. We did see Mewtwo King get knocked out earlier by, uh, was that was that a Palutina that he was playing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the competition here is also very fierce. All the big names are here that you can think of. The Buzz. The Buzz. Cosmos. Cosmos. MK Leo. Uh, Zach Ray's Zach here. Ray, Hungry Box, Hungry right? Box. Well, Hungry Box has already been knocked out. If, if I'm not but mistaken, you're not a loser. Yeah, him and Mewtwo King. Are, Mewtwo King well, Mewtwo got King got, got to knocked to losers. Um, so the the again the level of competition is incredibly incredibly high, and we've said many times, man, the Midwest is the home of Smash in America. Okay. Point blank period. We got the players here. We got the we got the we not necessarily the big names, but we got the cats 
that are coming out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? From like buying for that championship ring, man. That's right. Oh, that's another Dude. thing, man. It's, first of all, there's a championship ring. That you receive for becoming a frostbite. Of course, only in Detroit. See, we do it. We do it big. We do it to the maximum. You understand? Eventually, when we have a checkpoint tournament or a checkpoint competition, we got to find a way to one up a a championship ring now. Buffs, Cartier glasses, flat out. Cartier glasses. You can give those away too, but that's like the chant. Like that's the that's what you put up on like the little podium. Yes, Cartier glasses. Uh, I think it needs to be a crown, man. No, the checkpoint crown. Car- the buffs, man. I mean, we can give them those too. Buffalo, buffalo, bone glasses, Cartier, top top of the line, man. That's what we give away for our. Okay, what trophy do we give away if Checkpoint has an FGC tournament? There I, you I go. It's got to be a crown. Nobody's done a crown before, man. I'm sure that has been done before. I don't know. I feel like there's a reason there hasn't been a crown done. That's lame. See, crowns right, are lame. All right, what are we gonna do then? No, I don't. Th- I don't think I, I like. I definitely don't recall a crown at any championship event. Uh, that you know of sporting event. Period. That I mean, you like know of. that's that, no, 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 no. You you gotta understand. It's not just unique to esports. That's unique to sports. That you know of. I'm right, almost. Doris, I'm where's almost. there a crown at? I'm gonna find it. Yeah, Miss USA. I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> crown doesn't count. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm gonna find out. I'm sure it does. But if we can't think of nothing else, we'll go with Robbie's idea of a crown. How does that sound? All right. I don't know. It's gotta be. It's gotta be something like something weird. Like we don't do. Like we've given away like the golden mouse belt. Okay, but other people have done the championship belt already. Golf club. Gold encrusted golf club. Just, just one golf club or a set of golf clubs. One. No, <laughs> just just no. It's gold. Are we hosting a Mario Golf tournament? No. Oh, then I don't understand. All right. Well, uh, if we don't do a Golden Crested Golf Club or Crown or Cartier glasses, um, oh, what about an Infinity Gauntlet? Just a giant Golden Gauntlet. Yeah. Golden Power Glove. I'm on board with the Golden Power Glove. Golden Power Glove would be nice. Now, this yeah, is not, I'm in for the Golden Power this Glove. It's not just a Power Glove that we've painted golden. We will commission an actual 24-karat Golden Power Glove. I am not sure how corporate will feel about that, but sure. We'll uh, I, I am sure how corporate will feel about that badly. Fine. The checkpoint... The checkpoint... Uh, 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 we need a different word than, than power... Checkpoint power? No, no, like like the checkpoint adjective gauntlet, so that way we can't get sued, right? Uh, okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Championship gauntlet, and it will just be like our own golden power glove, essentially, but it'll be different enough. Right. Okay. Yeah. We're, well, we'll just call it the Infinity Glove. We can't do that. No, the Infinity Mitten. It's not a mitten. It has fingers. Okay. First of all, no, no, no. It will be the mitten because we're in uh, just the thumb. We're in Michigan. Yeah. See, we have a we have a we have a suggestion. We have a suggestion from from in the in the gallery here. What's your name and what was your suggestion? I'm Sean. Uh, uh, an infinity thimble. So just for the thumb. See, gold encrusted infinity thimble. To protect your thumbs as you play. If it's just a thimble, that we might be able to get corporate on board with. There you go. See, so we figured it out. 
I, the Golden cha- uh, uh, Checkpoint Championship Mitten. That's what it has to be. It has fingers. It can't be a mitten. No, it's a mitten because we're in Detroit. We're in Michigan. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap. It's the, gonna be a we'll mitten. Wrap the fingers. I'm telling you, it's a mitten. Okay, I'm with that. All right, I'm with that. I'm with that. Then we can actually call the tournament the murder mitten. The mur- the murder mitten. Checkpoint murder mitten. Checkpoint murder the mitten. I've I've had a name for a tournament that I really want to use. I've because like ever since we started talking about the possibility of doing live events, and I just don't know why no one has ever done this because I googled it. No wrestling promotion has ever done this. The throwdown in Motown. The throwdown in Motown. <laughs> no boxing promotion ever did it. No esports promotion has ever done it. The throwdown in Motown is perfect. There it is. With, the, with all the great boxers that we've had, you know, Joe Lewis and whatnot here, I can't, yeah, I can't believe the throwdown in Motown has never happened. There it is. So we have an FGC tournament, the throwdown in Motown, where we give away the Checkpoint Radio gold-encrusted Mur- pow- power Mur- murder <laughs> mitten. It would be the greatest tournament ever created. So, uh, speaking of boxing, that's the one, that's kind of my takeaway, is that, you know, I've been to, you know, a few boxing events before. This reminds me of a small-scale boxing event. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly the first, like, within ten minutes, I'm like, that's, that's, it's the exact same vibe. Well, and I think that's where, where I'd like to see it get eventually, is when it's not just a tournament with, you know, 16,000 participants. But where, where, you know, you're, you're, you're buying tickets to go to, you know, a match that's just straight up between two champions. You know, imagine showing up, huge arena, just to watch, like, you know, Hungry Box versus Mewtwo King. Go, like, 30 rounds. Right, and I mean, you know, that's your main event. But, of course, yeah, you've got your, your undercar where undercar, we've got, right. hey, we've got Armada and Mango in, uh, on the... on the undercar. No, you're right. They would be <laughs> headliners. But, yeah, if we could get to the point where you've got a card of, like, 10 matches and that's what people are turning up to see, not just a tournament the way we have it, that'd be awesome. Well, and then and that shares a little bit more in common with, like, wrestling, right? Like, where you've got a, you know, a, a card, a rundown. You know who's going to be fighting. You, you know, you know the matchups going into it, right? Yep. Like, going into something like Frostbite, we don't know who's facing who. It's all bracket determined. Yeah. You know? This would be different as, like, it would be like a show. It would be like a showcase. Well, and, and, and speaking of that, uh, Norris, tell me your idea about the one thing that's sort of, like, missing today. Being able to, like, know which matches are coming up. Oh, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. The biggest thing is that if, if they can have just a giant screen somewhere, where back there? Where maybe where's back there, where off the rip you see Every match that's going on in real time, I don't think that that is that far-fetched no. to be able to do. No, it's one big TV in the back that, that just shows your matchup. Yeah, and, it. and, and it's already running like Smash GG or something. You know, the infrastructure for this type of stuff already exists. You just get a screen that displays it, so when you're walking in, we don't have to wonder and check ourselves like, oh, okay, is such and such still in the tournament, or is you know my favorite, uh, is my favorite player going up against you know a local kid or somebody strong? You should be able to know at a glance who's playing who. Something is going down over here on the losers bracket screen. It's going in. I don't know what's going on, but it sounds great. But anyway, that was just a really quick update for you guys coming to you from... Oh, snap. 
Dude, how can you not get live in an environment like this? Like, this is, you know, it's like... pools. It's pools. I know. This is not even, like, top eight, top 16. Nothing like that. Like, this is, like, the very opening gambit round. And that's the thing is that people are invested in it. And, and I, I think that we have to talk about the side bet. I was just going to say, yeah, there's a dude running awesome. around trying okay, to grab so side bets. As we were... At, at, which, is, which is really what makes it more like, like boxing. boxing. Yeah. So this is what I was explaining to Cats, right? Is that... The first thing I said when I walked in and said to these guys was, I need to pinpoint who's doing the side bets. <laughs> because it's like a very, you know, it's a very FGC thing. It's a very, you know, after this is all done, a lot of these guys will then go back to their rooms and play money matches, you know, between each other. And that sort of part of the culture nobody talks about because it, it, it operates in a, in a, a legal gray area, if you will. But it's it's something inextricable from the culture, and you can't take it away. And I just love seeing that because, Nate, as you were saying, like about old school boxing, it literally is a guy with a fistful of money just walking around screaming who's got who. And if you win, you win some money. And if you lose, there go your money. You know, it is it is the most basic, the most found, the most foundational, fundamental things that it is to like competition. You you mentioned uh, when we were talking about it earlier. It's got a very 1920s vibe to it, and yeah, uh, you you picture like the opening sequence of Rocky where uh, he's fighting like in a backroom bar brawl, effectively, and there's just some guy yeah collecting money in the front row as he's just slugging it out with some dude. And, like, not to say, like, this doesn't feel like a professional environment, because this does feel very legit, but it is, like, it's that callback to, like, the earliest days of the FGC for, like, where that all began. Yeah. yeah, it's, at the end of the day, it's just some dude walking around with a wad of cash. Well, I absolutely think that a game like this and a scene like this can be supported in a larger environment, right? Like, I think that if you, you know, like, let's say Ultimate continues to grow on the on the pace that it has been, I think that it's totally reasonable to think that we might be seeing, um, you know, uh, smash events that are held in much larger environments than just here at the Crown Plaza. Well, and, and on top of that, I think it's also important, though, that these types of events still exist because as we're talking about the guys with the side bets, the excitement around pools, that's that's the foundation of not just the FGC, but esports in general. Like, the FGC is part of the origins of the greater sort of, you know, business of esports. And events like this are part of what endear people to esports and to the FGC as a whole. And Nate, I think you're correct. I think with Nintendo's additional involvement with Smash U, that uh, we will begin to see this on, on a grander scale. We will begin to see more and more events held in you know larger venues than hotel conference rooms. But at the same time, I never want to see this disappear. Well, it's, it's not even just esports. You know, one of the things that, that I was sort of getting flashbacks to is in high school. You know, I wrestled for a couple of years, and during the, uh, the the summer, you know, I'd go out and do you know different like tournaments and whatnot. And this is the exact same vibe. You know, you see the guys. You can tell who the competitors are waiting in the wings, waiting for their name to be called, waiting for their chance to go up there. You know, get on the mat, or, or in this case, you know, sit down. You know, up on stage. This isn't just an esports thing. This is the same thing that sports has been doing 
since the beginning of time, and even with you know uh, uh, wrestling or you know the, the UFC or whatever it is, you will always have the need for local for the grass, grassroots. For the grassroots. You know, people always talk so highly of esports because of how accessible it is that anyone can at least come and try and play. And I think the FGC is one of the best examples of that. My brother, who has barely ever competed in any way, he showed up today and competed in Pro Smash and like. That's awesome. That he took a match. He did take a match. Like that, someone who has basically never competed can just show up and you know, hey, I paid my money. I'm here to compete, and that's I think really special. It is really special because you know, as it stands for stuff like Overwatch and League of Legends, there's this huge sort of apparatus that's been put in place for people to be able to sort of uh, begin to participate in a professional setting. And with something like this, yeah, it, it is. It is akin to, hey man. Do you think you can fight? Come on in. And that 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 is there's still nothing else out that replicates that feeling. And, and I think that's why it's incredibly important that these events continue. But I I, I just love being here. Well, that was a move from the early days of wrestling, right? Like, oh, you think you can beat, you know, Bobo, the Brazilian? Then come on down yep. to, you know, whatever pool hall that we're putting this thing in tonight. And, th- and that was, like, one of the amazing things about the early days of wrestling is that you went to a match and you did not know what the hell you were going to see. You could have seen a variety of things, whether it's two pros going up against each other or people being called up from the crowd. I mean, that was still going on even when Andy Kaufman was wrestling. So, you know, the the the, the attractiveness of being able to come and be a participant is, I think, I, I don't think that that can be understated here. Yeah, and, and you're totally correct. And we oftentimes on the show make the comparison between the FGC and wrestling or boxing or the UFC because it borrows a lot of those elements and I think some of those elements haven't necessarily poured over into the other esports maybe in the way that would make them more electrifying so like you know you have somebody like Double Lift who you know has gone out and been very is already very outspoken but has been even more outspoken in saying like our league needs more personality we need people to step up and if they're good say you're good challenge people say what you need to say in order to prove that you're you're the best like we need that we see it more so in overwatch that's awesome but yet and still there's a there's a civility to esports that i think also comes out of a generational thing but there's there's if let somebody from New York go on stage while we're doing this right now. You'll be able to see how civil it is. Well, let's. I think let's call it for what it is. It is false modesty brought on by having having a competition pool full fill with a lot of introverts, yeah. right? Like well, I, on, on top of that, too, the fact that more and, and the fact that more than half the league is Koreans, it's also a cultural thing as well. That, that's 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 actually a very good point, and that's something that we can't discount. But I, I, I'm I'm thinking more of like from a very North American, you know, centric point of view, is that you know I. I, I listen. I you know, I can be an introvert. I can be shy as well. So I know I, I know the emotion that's attached to it. But like the idea that you always have to be like you know a good sport about everything is boring. Like that's like it, it's yes, good sportsmanship is important, and knowing where the line is is also important. But like the 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 
trash-talking element of competition cannot go away because I don't care what I don't I don't care what anyone says. That's fun. Yeah. Well, and I, I think another element of that is that there are so many people here who are just thrilled to be able to come on this stage and compete after being told for years, like, well, you can't, uh, especially growing up in our, our age, being told, you know, video games are a kid's thing, they're your, your hobby, they're something you have fun to do. When are you, you going to grow out of those video games? Right. You can't actually, so when you actually get to the stage, you're like, wait a minute, there are people here to watch me play. There's almost a sense of, like, gratitude, and you want to be, you stay humble because of it. Yeah, and that's, and that's all fine. Just to the left of us, guys. Yeah, and that's fine, and that's wonderful, but if somebody comes up here and gets, you know, and completely smashes their opponent and pops off, I'm okay with that. Like, I want that, I want that that to be able to be done in the space, because if I, if you and I, Robbie, are competitive, right, and, and at some point, let's say we play each other 30 times, at some point, something's gonna happen that makes one of us either tilt or makes one of us want to assert our dominance, mm-hmm. you know, in it physically, like in a, in a, in the physical space, or by saying something. And I think that you can't take that away. There are certain people who are at this tournament who have played each other nigh on hundreds of times already, and I think it's important to allow sort of that that space in the trash talk to proliferate because it drives eyeballs. Well, and I, I think that they'll learn that eventually, too. I mean, even something like, you know, the, the UFC, you know, they're, whenever you read or hear about that, you know, they're always describing themselves as a family. So, I mean, obviously there is some civility there, but they still know that that's the type of stuff that sells. And, you know, like you said, even in the Overwatch League, you know, look, if Carpe can get in on the trash talk, anybody little, can learn how to do little it. Little bitty old Carpe. <laughs> but, I mean, Robbie, to your point, like, you talk about an, an accepting and open environment, like you say, a, a dad and his two kids just sat down, like literally. Can you imagine three seats from us at that age? If your dad would have been, hey, hey, Joe, we're gonna go out to a video game tournament tonight. What would that have meant to you? I mean, it would have meant the world to me. But <laughs> to answer your question, no, I can't fathom that. But but at the same time, if your dad, you know, back in the day, takes you to a Red Wings game and you're playing the Avalanche and you hear a bunch of crazy trash talk vitriol. There's there's nothing he or anybody else can do about that. But at the same and at the same time, as a kid, that may get you a little hyped up. You may be into it a little more. But this is this is entirely different from what we experienced as kids, right? True, like true. The, there's a level of organization and taking it serious on its face that's happening that could not have happened when we were kids no. right like it, it's it, that's a cultural thing that growing up with video games being a part of your everyday life that's that's kind of what that instills in us and i mean even on the way over here the uber driver that i had on the way over here uh you know told me about how his both of his kids were super into video games and into esports and you know not something that he understood but the minute i said esports he was like yeah dude my kids are into that yeah and and to, to, to that point nate on my way over here in the people mover i had someone want to talk they saw my shirt and wanted to talk about esports and like first of all no one talks on the people mover you sit silently and look at your shoes that is the appropriate protocol but th- just to have someone stop me right there and be like oh oh wait wait no you're going to that uh, to that tournament that's happening let's talk about it yeah well and more of that is definitely beginning to happen beginning to happen just across the country where people are more comfortable talking about something like that and the curiosity element is there as well and so i, I think that's that's very important but I think the thing that takes this into the next level isn't going to be the level of play, isn't going to be 
you know, uh, uh, whatever game. It's going to be the marketability of these personalities. Well, because that's how you get people invested in it. Exactly. So, it, with that said, I, I, I still get frustrated when I come to FGC events and, and, and I see, you know, the prize pools and I, and, and I see and I hear what's at stake. And then I compare that to some of the other sports. Now, don't get me wrong. There's the whole team sport versus individual sport. Okay, I get that part. But when you look at the FJ, these are you some know, of the we, most... You, you shouldn't take that into consideration, team sport versus individual sport. Do you know what high-tier boxers get paid for Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, your Floyd Mayweathers of the world and whatnot. But I still feel like these are the most marketable esports athletes that are out there. When we talk about, you know, the top uh, esports athletes... Oh, yeah, we got New York in the house. So you'll be able to hear it. But uh, as you can see, you see what that has? That's just one guy. One guy that I don't even know. You know, and that's what we're talking about with marketability. These are some of the people... We talk about Sonic Fox. You know, a guy who is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly marketable. Before anything else. Of course he's good. But he's marketable, and the more is he's that dude's name. Thank you next. I think that guy's oh that guy's gosh. name is Thank You Next. <laughs> yes, he's going up against notes. That first of all, that's amazing. Second of all, uh, word to Ariana Grande. Uh, third of all, um, you know, but but I mean, you're talking about. Uh, the ability to market these players, and that's where the uh, it's almost advantageous that this isn't really a team sport. That when you play on a team sport, at the end of the day, if you want to run your mouth, it's not just you who you're running your mouth for. You're running your mouth for your organization and for your teammates. And so, if you have to end up eating crow, your whole team does. Which is why in team sports, people do tend to shut their mouths. Double lift excluded. Who? Well, you know how Double he is. Lift. Yeah. Well, you know, I also think another problem with team sports, especially in this you know uh, emerging industry, because as well as it's doing, it is still in, a, in its infancy when you look at what happened with something like xqc it becomes a cautionary tale because then your organization basically looks down on you and says look we don't want another xqc moment so mind your manners okay so but how why is that why is it then that when we're talking about this kind of stuff that same sort of energy and the investment isn't coming to the fgc because it will be so easy to take any of these types of athletes Pluck them out, put them on a team, give them a contract, give them some endorsements, and they become the next face of East. Well, well, the problem is that, like, as as garbage as he was, when you say Dallas Fuel, he's the first name that pops into your head. He's still one of the top streamers in all of Twitch. Still, to this day. So, regardless of you agree with the type of person he is, he's an electric personality. No, I agree. And that that. brings people to. So, I don't necessarily. I think it's a a cautionary tale from a team sports perspective but in terms of you know a certain demo and, and there's still like the people who will sponsor of, from the money's point of view there's still people who will sponsor sure, XQC. sure. period but, uh, to that point with you know with what double have said about needing those electric personalities i don't want it to ever get to the point where we're talking about it like we talk about the nfl where i have to listen to press conference after press conference of players being super careful about what they say having clearly scripted responses clearly they talked to their pr department before they took the stage because they don't want to give the other team any bulletin board material. I don't want it to get to that point. Have you listened to a coach's press conference in the NFL? Well, guess what? Fall it's, it's already there in the LCS. In the LCS, it's already there. 
That's why nobody's talking. That's why nobody says anything. That culture already exists. It, it does, and it's a bummer too because like two years ago, it didn't. If you took a CLG interview, that was like must see TV because CLG was going to trash on someone, most likely themselves, but they were going to trash on someone. But and that was funny and that was entertaining and that got a lot of people into the NALCS when it was in its infancy. And I just don't see at this point how esports continues to grow without that next step of sort of accepting the personalities, letting them grow, letting letting them letting the trash talk happen and and letting the, the scene flourish. I think that's incredibly important if more money is going to be injected into all of these events. Well, and something that I think might help sort of uh, uh, jumpstart that, too, is when you look at something like the Overwatch League that now has these GL-located, uh, uh, you know, teams, and you now start to see fan rivalries starting to throw, you know, uh, uh, pop up. As a, as a player, you want to, you know, you want to appease your fans. You know, you want them to, to get hype for you, and part of that is going to be playing into what they want, which is trash talking on the other teams. Yeah, you're right. When players start seeing that their fan base is willing to be... Uh, uh, a little vitriolic, uh, less than diplomatic. Less than diplomatic. They'll feel more comfortable doing so. We, we, we. What we really need, I think, we we need, you know, someone on the level, a, a talker on the level of Muhammad Ali, who, you know, could not only come out and perform, but could come out and and back it up with just like beautiful statement. Poetic. Yeah, uh, you know, borderline poetic statements. A lot of people call him the first rapper, you know, like, and and it, when you go back and you listen to a lot of those press conferences, it's true. The His mastery of, of language was just as good as his mastery of, of combat. Of combat. And, and I think that as soon as we have someone, you know, because we do have, listen, I'm not saying that we don't have well-spoken and 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 very articulate people within the esports scene but i do think that you know there is room for one of those electrifying magnetic personalities to be able to win out and and, and where are they going to come from probably from the FGC. probably from the fgc so i think it's got to have more support i think we got to take it to the next level and support those players and we got to also let let a lot of these players are in their late teens, early twenties. Also, let the kids be kids, man. Let them enjoy their moments, and let's not bog them down with the sort of weight of having corporate sponsorships and having having the talking points that they know they can't go beyond. That's all fine and dandy to a certain extent, but I think you also got to embrace the youthful nature of esports in general, and and let that flourish too. Is, is is there another side to this though? Is there a danger in encouraging that sort of behavior and and making it the norm, where now everyone has to be kind of like a shit talker and a shit monger or a shit goblin, whatever you want to call it? You know what I mean? Like where where? Yeah, exactly. Or, or just you know, in over uh, uh, like what I don't want to happen is I don't want the good sportsmanship that esports is largely kind of known for i don't want to poison that well i do want to make it more competitive and i want to make it more interesting but at the same time i don't necessarily want to take it into the into the realm of vitriol because we see what happens when video games go to that level and, and, and I'll agree with you, and I know I'm proselytizing, you know, the personalities and stuff, but I, I also think that 
it, the the financial aspect of it because I think that's when stuff really gets taken too far whenever the money gets behind. So I'm okay sort of with the money being behind good sportsmanship. I think that's okay. I, I think when you have situations like the Wolf Crone K Brad rivalry in Street Fighter a few a couple years ago. I think that's the kind of stuff that's okay. These are two guys who don't like each other, and it's okay that they don't like each other. They're not beholden to like each other. There's no reason why they need to like each other. So why are we, you know, forcing them, essentially, to like each other? Well, it's it's silly. It's worth noting, too, that electric personality doesn't necessarily mean shit talker. That's true. You can be a strong personality without being a dick. That's true. That is also very true. So I, I just I just want people's personalities to shine through because I think that's what'll put the FGC over the top in terms of what will endear people to esports. Because you know we're we're already talking about esports and how it's going to enter itself into the higher cultural zeitgeist, have more recognition, have more quote unquote brand activations and stuff like that, and it's gonna take. The, the, the person that is not going to be because somebody's good. There's plenty of teams that are good. Astralis had one of the best years of any CSGO team ever put together, ever. Cloud9 won damn near everything that there was to win in their competitions. Guess what? I could go and say, do you know who Cloud9 is to a random person? They don't have a clue, okay? But I could go up to somebody and say, do you know who, I don't know, the Minnesota Timberwolves are and they would know and they're objectively a terrible basketball team so that's the type of stuff I'm talking about we're to a point now where I think you have to be able to at least walk in the street New York is New York is active New York is active you, you got to at least be able to walk in the street and hear somebody talk about esports, and that's when you'll know it's reached the next level. Now, that said, though, we're getting there because more and more, I'll go around the street and I'll see someone wearing a TSM jersey. You'll be able to see say things like TSM or Cloud9. It's not there yet, but those are the names that people will understand at some point. Liquid. So just to close it out, over-under. What is the over-under before esports reaches full saturation? Of the greater cultural zeitgeist. Over under on years? Years. Uh, five, I'd set it at. Uh, oh, I'd say that five's probably the minimum. I'm, I think you're looking between five and ten still, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I would have put it five to ten as well. I, I don't think that five years is entirely reasonable. Um, I mean, it's grown a lot, but we're talking like mainstream cultural status. I think that's going to need at least ten. Uh, and I'm gonna say if a rapper puts out an album about it and it's popular, it'll jump it like three or four years. So I'll say seven, seven years. But uh, that's gonna be it uh, from us and our thoughts of what's going on at Frostbite. Nate has some final words. I think we just turned this into the podcast. We did. So. Um, <laughs> Anyway, this has been our podcast from uh, Frostbite 2019. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, taking a listen and hanging out with us. As always, CheckpointXP.com for all things Checkpoint. Uh, if you're catching this on Saturday, uh, you know, Saturday late afternoon when it's coming out, then uh, I'm going to invite you to come out to uh, Frostbite 2019. Make sure you come say hi. It's at the Crown Plaza in Detroit, Michigan. Uh it's well worth your time to come out. Uh, again, we're only in pools 
and uh, you can hear how excited the crowd is getting. Come out for top 16, top 8, and uh, I guarantee you, you're going to have a, a fantastic time. Again, that's Frostbite out here at the Crown Plaza in Detroit, Michigan. That's going to do it for the Checkpoint XP podcast for this week. CheckpointXP.com for uh, all of the podcasts as well as uh, everything else. Oh man, it's, it's, it's everything's just erupting into chaos out here. Uh, we are, uh, are are happy to be out here at Frostbite 2019. I want to thank Alex Varga as well as all of the tournament organizers for having us out here. Uh, again, CheckpointXP.com, twitch.tv slash CheckpointXP. I know we weren't able to do this podcast live on the uh, Twitch channel. Uh, hope you'll forgive us and join us at 5 p.m. Monday through Friday to catch Checkpoint XP Daily. We will catch you next time for the rest of the Checkpoint XP crew. My name's Nate Bender. Keep listening. You've been listening to the Checkpoint XP podcast. Make sure you subscribe to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, tune into our weekly radio show. For more information and the latest on esports and gaming, go to CheckpointXP.com.